viewers in the US live in a hybrid TV world, but you wouldn't know it looking at smart TVs. The schism is hurting viewers and broadcasters, and it's time for manufacturers to do something about it. Listen on to find out more. This is End Screen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at End Screen Media, and today is August 4th. 2022. Today I want to talk about the fact that we are living in a hybrid TV world. Most of us are spending time watching both linear and internet television, so we're really using both. But looking at today's smart TVs, you would think that the two worlds were completely disconnected. And I've got to tell you, this schism is hurting viewers and broadcasters. And I want to talk about that today. And I also want to talk about why I think it's time manufacturers did something about this problem. Uh, but before we get there, I want to talk about the fact that Endscreen Media is partly supported by its sponsors. We've had some great ones in the past, including Gracenote, Verizon, TiVo, Metrological, and many others. Uh, if you'd like to become a sponsor and help keep the lights on here, you can send an email to sales at Endscreen Media. Uh, you get many benefits, including acknowledgement in this podcast. Rather than listening to me talking to you about sponsoring, you can actually have your acknowledgement right here and being able to run banners on the site. And there are many other benefits. So please consider asking your company if they would sponsor Endscreen Media. Okay, so let's talk about this situation. Hybrid TV, as I say, it's the reality for most people in the world today. Uh, new Omdia data this week actually shows, shows this in spades. It says that 53% of viewing minutes per day in the US comes from linear TV sources. So that's from linear TV channels, PVR, and pay TV VOD. In Europe, it's even higher. Uh, for example, in the UK, 56% of time comes from uh, traditional TV sources, 70% in France and 71% in Germany. But, you know, those countries have something that the US doesn't. And that's an agreed standard, which, which is called HBBTV, for combining broadcast TV with internet TV. This makes it very easy for a broadcaster to link together content delivered by the internet and broadcast television content. In the US, it impacts a lot more people than you think. There are 18 million homes that use antenna TV here, and that number is growing fast and it's being spurred on by cord cutters. Uh, and boy, looking at the numbers, for Q2, for companies like Comcast and Dish Network, uh, those numbers are accelerating. Uh, so the number has actually grown pretty dramatically, as I've said. Over-the-air television was up 1.2 million in just the last year. And of the 18 million homes that use antenna TV, the vast majority of them, 13 million in all, are actually using OTA, over-the-air television, with some form of internet TV, virtual MVBD, SVOD, AVOD, some of those services, it's combining those with their antenna TV viewing. So the vast majority in that group are combining antenna TV with internet TV. And uh, one other thing is that all the growth in OTA usage 
is coming from internet TV viewers. The number of people dependent on OTA alone is shrinking while the other group is growing. Now, as I said at the beginning, unfortunately, today's smart TVs are doing a pretty horrible job of bringing the worlds of over-the-air TV and internet TV together in the US, and that is really hurting both viewers and broadcasters. So, what are the problems for TV viewers? Well, today's smart TVs, they really treat over-the-air and internet TV like different worlds. Consider the situation on a recent Google TV-powered Sony Smart TV I purchased. Uh, now, it's a bit unfair because it is the most recent TV I have, so I decided to try this first on there. And um, I actually have OTA, I have an antenna on my roof, so it's fairly easy for me to do it. And I've got to tell you, during the setup, the TV did a really great job in helping the user scan for available over-the-air channels, and also hook up to Wi-Fi so that I can watch uh, broadband channels, SVOD, etc. But when a user goes to the Google TV home screen, the default view when the TV is turned on, finding live local TV becomes a major challenge. So the first stumbling block is that Google TV actually has this great feature which it calls its Live tab. And what you find on the live tab is if you are subscribed to a virtual MVPD like YouTube TV or Sling TV, then you can integrate them on this live tab. And it's very easy for you to search and find uh, channels and, and scroll up and down as well. If you're also using a service, a free fast linear service like Pluto TV or Zumo, you can integrate those into this guide too. And you have this nice integrated guide. However, the over-the-air channels are not included in this guide. So if I'm a user, I have OTA and I don't know any better, this is the first place I'm going to go to try and find my local televisions and they are not there. So how do you get there from this Google TV? Well, there are two dedicated buttons on the remote control. The first button is called TV. You press that and you can start watching live TV. And by the way, that button is programmable. So you can actually have it take you to one of the HDMI inputs by default rather than live TV. But I've, I have it set up so that it just takes me to live TV. The second way is that there is a guide button on the remote, a little guide button on the remote. And that takes you to a grid guide that is completely different to the Google TV Live tab. It is completely disconnected and has way less information. It just has the guide and to find stuff, you have to scroll up and down and select the channel you wanna watch. So that makes it difficult for you to find the live stuff. Now, if you also use voice and text search from the Google TV interface, which most of us do, you're gonna be out of luck if you search for over-the-air content too, because those are not included. The channels are not included. I did a test. I noticed that Quincy MD, an old 80s show, was showing on one of the channels, and I requested that through the Google TV interface. It showed me Quincy on um, somewhere where I could rent the shows or buy the shows. What it didn't show me was that I could watch it for free on my over-the-air channels. 
I also have a Samsung TV, so I checked it out here too. And things are a little better. The guide that Samsung provides, it provides a single guide that actually brings together local over-the-air channels with Samsung TV Plus channels, that Samsung's streaming TV service. But I gotta tell you, that's about the extent of the integration. The only way to browse through them is to scroll very slowly through each. There's no special view that separates out all the sports or all the news, all the entertainment sh uh, channels. There's none of that. It's just a basic guide. And uh, also the scroll performance was just awful uh, with frequent stalls and, and problems. So I'll be paging and suddenly it would freeze for five seconds and then it would start moving again and then freeze. A really terrible, terrible ex experience. And once again, Samsung's really strong voice and text search, which works very well inside of, this, uh, inside of the internet world, doesn't include any over-the-air listings. So once again, you can't find your over-the-air channels. So very confusing, profoundly unhelpful to many consumers that are living in this hybrid TV world. Now, this also creates a lot of problems for broadcasters. And I want to talk about Sinclair. Sinclair is one of the biggest broadcast broadcasters in the United States today. And the company is totally all in on over-the-air broadcasting. It's actually expanding its footprint using what we call the multicast TV channels or DigiNets. These are the 2.1s and .2s. These are those channels that are paired with uh, major broadcast channels. And they're really looking to dramatically increase the number of amount of content that they're providing through these broadcast channels in all of the broadcast DMAs that they actually service. Uh, and DMA stands for designated market areas, by the way. So they are really totally in on this next gen TV, ATSC 3.0. And the great thing about ATSC 3.0 is it actually brings together broadcast and the IP worlds together. So when we have this, we'll be able to do things like the Europeans have done with HBB TV, and that is create a single app, an app that Sinclair can use to combine the two experiences. And, and that's absolutely, I fully expect Sinclair to do that as soon as Next Gen TV rolls out more broadly. But here's the problem. Next Gen is rolling out very slowly. And I have a feeling it's going to take the next decade to 2030 before all of the major markets are completely covered. For example, I live in one of the top 10 DMAs here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we have zero next-gen TV stations, which is very frustrating to me because my nice new Sony TV actually can receive them, but I actually haven't got any to watch. And who knows when or if all the 210 DMAs and the thousands of channels available within them will ever make the transition to the new broadcast technology. I have a feeling maybe there'll be some channels that just never make the transition. They'll never be able to be combined in these apps very easily. So in the meantime, Sinclair is really left with a problem, right? How do people find their channels? And they really only have three tools. One is this really poor TV guide 
Two is good old channel surfing the way we've done for decades and decades. And of course, word of mouth marketing for channels in the local market. And that's a problem for Sinclair. So consider consider this. Consider an OTA, an over-the-air viewer in Schenectady, New York, watching Quantum Leap on Sinclair's sci-fi channel called Comet. Comet is channel 6.3 in that market. Now, perhaps that viewer would like to watch an episode of Knight Rider coming up next on Sinclair's other channel called Charge. That channel is on channel 45.2. So completely different to Comet. So there's no just up one or down one channel to find that. How do you connect those two? There is no way to connect them. Or what about if you have some episodes of Quantum Leap or Knight Rider in Stir, and Stir is um, an app from Sinclair, which is uh, leveraging broadcast assets like news and also some of the broadcasters, and it's, uh, um, it's for mobile. What if you wanted to watch some of the episodes in, in the Stir app? Well, you can't connect to them directly from the guide. There's no way for a user to know that they can go from a Quantum Leap episode on the channel, on Comet, to a Quantum Leap episode inside that Stir app. This is a really big problem. Sinclair can't create this unified view, which it would really like to be able to do. So it's very frustrating for them and it's very frustrating for the viewer. What do we do? Well, Smart TV manufacturers and platform providers can fix this problem. For example, Vizio has recently introduced a feature which it's call, it calls Jump View, which allows a viewer watching a show on linear TV to watch more of the show, to be connected to more of those shows in a smart TV app running on that TV. Now, this is a great start. I believe this functionality should be standard in pretty much every TV. But it's only on Vizio, and that's about the extent of it. The industry has a long way to go to fix this, but it should not wait. It should get on and do it now because next-gen TV is going to take a long time to roll out, a long time for people to buy those TVs, and tens of millions of viewers have this problem today, and that group is growing. If you've enjoyed this discussion, why don't you stop over to the Endscreen Media website, sign up for the newsletter. While you're there, you'll find a transcript, a rough transcript of this podcast. So just come to endscreenmedia.com and look on the analysis tab and you'll find this sitting right there at the top and you can read this if you would find it easier uh, and sign up for that newsletter, that free newsletter while you're there. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media. I'll see you again next time. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.